Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 14, Foothold. I this like is this fun. One. Yeah. I know. I, I like, like this one. one. Yeah. Is Did Foothold you... like an official code? Um, or... Well, it, it's, I mean, it, it is like a military term, which I was going to get it into is. when we discussed the title of the episode at the end, but it's, oh. it's, it's a fairly straightforward thing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Okay. It is a foothold situation is what happens here. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. Official military term. Yeah, no, I really liked this one. Yeah. Did not remember it at all. Of course yeah. not. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what would be interesting? Okay, so maybe if we start season four, I'll be like, what do you remember about season four? What do you think you remember <laughs> about season what, four? What do I think I know and do not know about yeah. season four? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's been so long that I don't even re- remember to, like, distinguish the seasons. Yeah. So I'd have to kind of just look at the general synopsis of the episodes yeah. and be like, oh, right, 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 that happened, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm, that could be interesting. Unless, wait, un- unless, is it four or five that Corin is in? Uh, he's in six. He is in <laughs> and there you have it. That's that. That sums up this whole adventure. As podcast people, and we're done. No. <laughs> that sums up the entire adventure. Yep. Of how much I remember starting. <laughs> That's <great>. fantastic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, should we get into this one then? Let's do it. Okay. This originally aired on November 5th, 1999. It was written by Heather E. Ash, and we have our first appearance of director Andy Makita, who would go on to direct like 50 or 60 episodes, something like that, over the series. Oh man, so, DeLuise is gone? No, DeLuise is, well, no. Just, he's not here this week. For the week. time being. He was For the time being. Well, he just yeah. did the last two, like, back to back, so, you know, he gets a little break. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now it's Andy's turn. All right, got it. All right, so in this week's episode, little does SG-1 know, mysterious aliens have taken control of Stargate Command and are impersonating its personnel. Tilk and Sam notice and escape. While Tilk tries to stop them, Sam reluctantly seeks help from the NID. That one works okay. I don't know. There weren't really good summaries out there. Yeah. <laughs> just, just FYI, I don't write the summaries myself. I get them off various Stargate websites. <laughs> Were most of the were most of the blurbs just like a foothold situation takes place? No, some were just I don't know. Some they're just all kind of really clumsy, kind of worded clumsily. I don't know, yeah. but I don't know that one worked. So I've that's been what we went with. Very much taking notes on how to write bad synopsis of these for our finale. <laughs> oh, good! I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we will be playing the game again where you guess them, right? Of, of course, yes. I think that that's a staple now, yeah. Excellent. Yes. So this episode opens with Hammond standing at the base of the ramp as the gate dials in, and it's SG-1 just returned from a mission and soaking wet. Daniel had thought they may have found Keb, the planet where Amonet sent her child, but it was not. Instead, there was just rain. Lots, lots and lots and lots of rain. 
And so Hammond orders them to the infirmary and Jack's like, can we get out of our wet clothes first? And then there's a voice over the PA saying, attention, all levels stand by for contaminated materials transfer. So infirmary it is. So that should have been their first clue that something was wrong because they were actually paying attention to quarantine protocols. (laughs) (laughs) Did you think like there was something a little weird with Hammond in this opening, like looking back on it? Yeah, he did a really good job of playing himself slightly off. Yeah, he's like, he's kind of stiff and there's, there's a little something just sort of like the tone of voice that's like, not quite like Uncle George E. Yeah, he did a really good job of Hammond playing Hammond. Right. Yes. So in the elevator, they're being escorted to the infirmary by an airman due to a spill of tetrachloroethylene on level 23. Would you like to know some fun facts about tetrachloroethylene? Tetrachloroethylene. I was just about to ask, what in the world is tetrachloroethylene? Tetrachloroethylmarmaline, as Jack says later. <laughs> Marmalademaline. Well, he he says ethylmarmaline, like ethyl mermin. You know the old Hollywood. Oh, I didn't catch that joke. Yeah. You know ethyl mermin did not catch ethylmarmaline. Yep. Jolene. <laughs> ethyl Jolene. No. No, no, not that one. No. Okay. okay. Uh, so tetrachloroethylene is a colorless liquid commonly used in dry cleaning, and so is often called dry cleaning fluid. It's also an effective automotive brake cleaner. It is volatile, but highly stable and non-flammable. So that's good. Uh, it's basically, it's, an, it's a really good solvent for organic materials, so like rust, blood, dirt and stuff like basically any like if you have like a metallic thing that's got like crap on it this is a really good thing for cleaning that what in the world would cause a leak huge enough that they would need to shut a floor down i don't know he what does he say he says the airman said specifically um big chemical spill uh tetrachloroethylene rupture so it, it sounds like there's was like some sort of, you know, container that burst holding the tetrachloroethylene some kind. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but it can also be found. So because it's good at cleaning stuff, it can also be found in products like paint strippers and stain spot removers. It's also used in neutrino detectors where a neutrino interacts with a neutron in the chlorine atom of the tetrachloro ethylene and then converts it to a proton to form argon argon you say yes so i'm I'm kind of trying to figure out like what they would use it for i guess just as like cleaning solvent would be the only thing i can think of that like the sgc might use it for like cleaning like the malp and scientific instruments and stuff maybe i don't know maybe disinfecting things yeah or do the earth or is there a dry cleaners on level 23 to clean their uniforms? I mean, there are a lot of uniforms going around. Maybe. Mm. Possibly. I don't know. Got to keep them looking sharp. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that'd be fun to figure out what are all the other... Is there a dry cleaner in there? <gasps> that would be interesting. Mm. 
And a grocery um, store. How do they get food? There, well, there's a glass cafeteria. Yes, but canteen you, thing. But what if you don't want what's in there? Too bad. Suck it up and eat it, yeah. or pack your lunch from home. <laughs> yeah, but they don't really get to go home every day, do they? Well, if they're not on a mission, I imagine they go home at the end of the day. Hmm. I guess. Hmm. I don't see why they wouldn't. I don't know. That's a good question. I never really thought about that before. We are going on a really big tangent. We are going on a really big tangent. Um, would you dry like, cleaning? <laughs> would you like to know exposure symptoms, or would you like to save that for later when we get to what they say in the show are the exposure symptoms? Ooh, let's save that little gem for later, and you can let me know okay. if they were right. Okay. Let me just highlight that so I know where to scroll back to. Okay. So basically the entirety of level 23 has been sealed off while a hazmat team deals with the spill, but there shouldn't be any danger to like anybody else on base. Everybody should be fine. So in the infirmary, it seems like Dr. Frazier's just completing her post-mission medical checkup procedures. And this apparently includes a shot of something. I'm get I'm guessing some kind of like antibiotics, like just general broad spectrum antibiotics for anything they may have picked up possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, specifically, this shot has to go on the butt. <laughs> at the end, the end of this. this. I, I just love when Jack goes and they're really jam it in this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it um, is funny how everyone's like, uh, this again, okay. And they're just like, it's so routine. Yep. I, I would just find it weird every time. Yeah. I would never get used to have to dropping trowel for shots. No, no. Um, so everybody's sort of like sectioned off behind, you know, curtains cause they're all having to drop their pants and Jack calls out to Daniel to ask about the narcissus child. And he's like, Narcissus. And Jack's like, it's still a baby. Right. And they're like, what, what? So there's apparently they're still having some difficulty hearing each other with like all the water in their ears from the massive amount of rain they were trapped in. Um, and we then get the PA announcement again about the contamination being moved or whatever. And so Dr. Frazier is now attending to Sam, who also questions that perhaps the child might be able to communicate at a younger age due to the genetic knowledge of the ghoul that it contains. But like nobody responds. And Sam's like, Jack, Daniel, hey, hello, anybody there? And then she passes out. So but there's a little goof if you notice when Dr. Frazier pulls the syringe away after supposedly having injected Sam, it's it's still full of the liquid. Well, I wondered, like, if they didn't really just need that much. I noticed that, too. Yeah, I don't know. It looked like it was the same amount, but I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it seemed to work really fast, so Mm -hmm. usually that indicates large amounts of something. But um, but anyway, so... You're aliens. (laughs) It's true. Um, So the other curtains are all pulled back and like the rest of Eshtuan are also all passed out. And so like, what the fuck is going on as we cut to the opening credits? Yes. Mm -hmm. Interpretive dance. (laughs) So Tilk wakes up first and turns his head and notices Sam next to him and she's still unconscious. Then very conveniently through a crack in the curtains, he sees Dr. Fraser talking with Hammond and Siler and a couple of aliens. What? what? Uh, the aliens appear to be wearing some sort of like full armor and like a mask that covers their like entire head. Uh, I've seen them described as both like cockroaches or like crickets or something. 
Yeah, they do look fairly buggy. Yeah, kind of exoskeleton-y something. Yeah. And the conversation is seemingly about what happened during the sedation process and that it took a large amount to knock out Tilk. And then there was also an issue with Sam due to her, quote-unquote, prior infestation by the dominant parasitical species of this galaxy. So Hammond orders Siler to put Sam and Tilk in a holding cell and that once the invasion is complete, Dr. Fraser can study them more and see if they might like Earth for their new home world. What? So, yeah, uh, uh, weird things are afoot at, at, at the Stargate Command. At the Circle Stargate. <laughs> the Stargate is a circle. Yeah. Did yeah. you see that it that closed, like, over the weekend? Like, the Circle K where they got filmed closed? I did not. Yeah. Where was it even filmed? Was it in California? Arizona, I think. But like on the last day, they actually like they had a screening of Bill and Ted like outside there to like send it off. And it's like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Hmm. We have circle K's around here, and every single time (laughs) I drive by one, I can't like I just look at it. I'm like, strange things are afoot at the circle. You have to. I can't not. It's yeah, just, no, it you will happen not. every time. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Siler comes in to take Tilk away, who like feigns unconsciousness to, you know, not let up the ruse quite yet. And he's being actually taken to level 16, not level 23. Do we ever so, make it to level 23? I think we do. Yeah, that's where everybody is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's where they're all being held. That's where they're all being held, yeah. Oh, I should have. Yep. Proceed. So once they exit on level 16 and the elevator doors close again, Tilk grabs Tyler and like headbutts him and then like punches him to knock him out, steals his key, his key card and stashes him in a random closet room somewhere on level 16. Mm-hmm. He then continues down the hall to a weapons storage room and loads himself up and then heads back to wait outside the elevator. So at this point in time, I was wondering to myself, like, is this really the SGC or are they, did they somehow go into some sort of alternate something? Mm. I was trying to figure that out in my brain. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever got to that thought because they did, because they, because SG-1 had to dial Earth. Or were you thinking like after they came back, were knocked out, then got transported again off world? Yeah, to some, oh, okay. sort, some sort of, was it fake people or fake SGC? I was trying to figure that out. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, we have had fake SGC before, so. Yeah. And because we don't really know anything about the aliens, are, are like, are the aliens the ones leading this, or are the aliens soldiers of somebody else? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Okay. Oh, yeah, I could see how. Yeah. That yeah. could be a question. Mm-hmm. So once uh, another doctor arrives with Sam on level 16, Tilk zats him and then grabs the guard as he exited the elevator because he zatted the doctor while the doors were still open. So the guard in there was like, hey, what hell? And so Tilk kind of slams him up against the wall a few times until he's unconscious. And then he drags everybody and Sam back into the elevator. And Sam finally starts waking up and she seems okay, but still a little woozy because, you know, she was sedated for a while. And Tilk fills her in on what he saw back in the infirmary. And she, like, does believe him, but then asks, obviously, after uh, Jack and Daniel. And, like, where are they? And Okay, this is one of those weird... This is a thing that's in every TV show. 
that drives me nuts all the time. And I don't know why, because it's the, like, the littlest, most random thing. But elevators in TV shows never have those metal plates on the floor like there are in real elevators. <laughs> you know, like where like the doors meet like on the floor is metal. Oh. And it's always just floor. Eh. drives me nuts and I don't know why and I hate that it annoys me because it like ruins every show one detail that says to you nope not an elevator yep Hmm. I know it's dumb I'm gonna be paying attention to that I'm sorry I apologize to all of you out there now who are gonna be looking for that and if if I've ruined your favorite tv show I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) you've ruined every favorite tv show that ever took place in an elevator yep which is uh, a lot of them you yeah. know what I never really paid close enough attention to you and I should you know just for fun is whether or not the buttons light up for the floors oh uh, yeah I think they do most of the time I don't remember yeah I don't know yep so we then cut to inside a one of like the security security monitoring rooms and there's a knock on the door and we hear Sam say that the door is locked and the woman is like it's not locked but goes to get up to let them in and gets zatted as soon as she opens the door so Sam and Tilk bring up uh the cameras but all of them on level 23 have been disabled so probably no chemical spill then this is all some kind of weird ruse that's going on yes yeah. And then we get the incoming traveler notification. So they pull up the cameras to the gate room and we see General Hammond, Jack and Daniel greet some incoming aliens quite calmly. And like they're just having a conversation and Sam's like, so that's that's not them, obviously. No. Nope. Yeah, that's nope. not right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back out in the hallway, Sam and Tilk are preparing to leave the mountain since they can't know for sure if they're the only two uncompromised people on the base. But then also, if they've gotten to Hammond, there's no way to really be able to trust anybody else because they, they, they don't know who's been alien. Who or what fight. or how many or where yeah. or when. Yeah. Or... So they kind of just got to go with it's just us right now. We've got ourselves, so it's going to be us. And we then get a quick cut of two other airmen finding the unconscious people in the elevator. So the alarm starts going off. Tilk tells Sam to go ahead and get out because they get to one of those um, like escape hatches and he'll hold them off as long as he can. So Sam starts climbing up the ladder and he takes cover sort of, there's a bit of the hallway where it's sort of wider and then like narrows back down. So there's a little sort of nook for him to sort of hide behind. So um, he sort of, Sticking himself out there, and as possible aliens come down the hallway, uh, he takes them down and reaches down to look at the blood on one of their foreheads, which is actually just normal human blood. Ah, which so that's is how we know weird humans. Yes. So unfortunately, this guy who's sneaking up behind him, who managed to get a shot off, uh, he hits Tilk in the arm, but Tilk manages to turn around and zap that guy. And. Sam said something interesting, like, before she went up the ladder. She said this place was built to keep people out, not keep people in. Yes, which... I thought that was the weirdest comment to say, because I thought that was the entire point of having the SGC at the bottom of a freaking mountain, so that if anything went wrong, it was kept in the mountain. Yeah, there is that. There's also another thing we'll get to when we see her 
get out. It, it just and come that back whole in. comment was like, no, that's not that does yeah. not make sense at all with no. anything that has happened. No, because it needs to keep people in for like, this exact that's, scenario. It's, it's kind of the entire point of having it in a mountain. Yeah. Like, I don't. Oh, it broke my brain a little bit. A little like, bit. That's just so wrong. Yep. Yeah. Um. So Sam has made it to the top of the escape hatch and takes a moment to collect herself because she did just like climb a ladder at 16 floors, which is like 160 feet at That's least. A lot of ladder. That's a lot of ladder. Um. But I noticed it more like when she comes back here at the end of the episode. But like. There's no lock on this. There's no little like you no. know wheel turny thing to lock. There's no padlock. There's there not. There is nothing securing this too. patch from a person just stumbling upon it unless it's maybe behind a fence or something. I don't know. But there is nothing securing this. I noticed that too. I was like, she, yeah, she's just she's climbing right on up there, and there was no lock on the door to get to the ladder. Nope. She just twisted it and locked it. And I mean, that I get not having a lock on the inside, maybe. But, yeah. I don't know. There's some security things in the show that if you really think about it, just like, um. Like, earlier when Tilk went to, go, like, had stolen Siler's card and went to go unlock the weapon storage. Like, if you notice the, the card scanner thing, it swipes, but then there's also numbers so it shouldn't have to be like you swipe and then enter the code that goes with the card. Yeah. So you can't just, somebody can't just steal your card steal and card. go steal stuff like what Tilk did. I was like, shouldn't you have to also like tighten them? Because why, why is there a keypad if the keypad is not used? <laughs> because didn't we say a couple episodes ago in the instruction manual that like page three is just teal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. It, 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 even, even if he didn't have the key card, he could probably just physically wrench the door open anyway. Teal. Teal. Was yes. he page two or three? I don't know, but he was in there. One of the pages in the I, manual. Yeah, I, th- I think, teal. I think page two, I think page two was. Yeah. Teal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know about Sam Carter and the ladder, though. That one's that one's a new one. Yeah. Okay, so back inside the SGC, two other airmen are walking down the hall, and they spot the blood on the floor from those guards Tilka knocked out earlier. One of them kneels down to examine it and gets a door to his face, courtesy of Tilk. And then the other one gets slammed into a wall. And Tilk then spots one of the aliens in its, like, true form at the end of the hall and run towards them. But the security door drops down before he can. Tilk turns to go around the opposite way. But the security door on that end of the hall also closes. But not entirely before a gas grenade is tossed into this now enclosed space. And unfortunately, Tilk does succumb to the gas and is once more unconscious. Boo. So Sam has made it to a payphone at the airport and she dials somebody on the phone and who is it? Hey, it's our favorite little rat Mayborn. Woo! And she tells him that there is a foothold situation. Uh, she doesn't want to say too much more, like get into specifics on the phone, but gets him to agree to meet her at a ca- at a cafe outside the N- outside the NID headquarters in DC at four o'clock. Mayborn, I say there's no way he can make it. And Sam just says very forcefully, I repeat, we have a foothold situation. 
and then Mayborn tries to get into the whole, you shouldn't be making this call. And she's like, I have no way of knowing who above me has been compromised. So help me, Mayborn, you're our what only hope. <laughs> help yeah. me, Mayborn, you're our only hope, unfortunately, at this point. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, four, four o'clock it is. So Tilk yeah. then wakes up in the infirmary, fully strapped down to bed, like arms, legs, like around his waist, around his neck even. And Dr. Frazier comes in and tells him that he had an adverse reaction to the chemical spill that included paranoia and delusions and that he injured several people. Hammond comes in and they ask after Sam, saying she needs treatment too or she could die. And Sam, or Tilk just says that he doesn't know where she is. Which is true. Yes. So would you like to know the symptoms now of exposure to tetrachloroethylene? I would. So brief exposure, like what would have happened to SG-1, uh, includes confusion, dizziness, euphoria, forgetfulness, headache, irritability, lightheadedness, loss of consciousness, loss of coordination, sleepiness, slurred speech, nausea, cough, and irritation of like the eyes, nose, and like throat and upper re- upper respiratory area of the body. Oh, okay. okay. So. so not having a good day. No. Uh, long-term exposure can include um, ataxia, which is like sustained like muscle twitching, um, disorientation, irritability, persistent headache, short-term memory deficits, and sleep disturbances. Oh, so not hallucinations? No. Not hallucinations. Not hallucinations. Oh, man, they got that one really wrong. They should have gone with another weird drug. I know. It's always like they find just, what's a cool name for a drug? Okay, and we'll just say it does this rather than finding out. We need the symptoms to be this. What goes with those symptoms? Yeah. You know, they kind of, it seems like they do it backwards at the time. I mean, there's some stuff like confusion and like, you know, memory loss. Sometime, but yeah, not the hallucinations. But yeah, but not like all out delusional. Yeah. Of like aliens. No. Alien. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. no. So yeah, I don't know. That one that one's a little a little wishy for me. Oh man. So we then cut to DC and Sam and Mayborn have met up at the cafe outside the NID. And fun fact, this is the same location that was used to stand in for DC in the episode Secrets. When, like, mm-hmm. Jack and Sam went to D.C. So this is the same location. So I like that there's this consistency. Like, this is what we're using for D.C. Yeah, sounds good. I like yeah. it. And Mayborn mentions that Hammond just called him and, you know, asked if he'd heard from Sam. And he sounded just fine. And Sam's like, what? And he's like, hey, calm down. It's just, like, dilute. According to Mayborn, delusions from a chemical spill is infinitely more plausible than an alien incursion at the place that deals with aliens on a regular basis <laughs> on a regular basis um so sam just gets up to go leave and sees jack and daniel there and then we get one of possibly the greatest lines in the history of stargate with sam reeling around on mayborn and spitting out mayborn you are an idiot every day of the week why couldn't you just take one day off I did love that. Oh, I loved that so much. Fun fact, that was apparently Amanda's idea. (laughs) Way to go. So bravo, Amanda, because that line is fantastic. Nice. I do. I love that one. Because he is. Yes. 
because that was very much not protocol. I'm going I'm going to go ahead and say if you say foothold situation, the first yes. thing you do is not call everybody and say somebody said you've been compromised. Well, in in his defense, Hammond called him, you know, True. to be like, "Hey, we had this chemical spill. Sam's gone a little crazy. Have you heard from her?" I was probably sort of what Hammond was telling Mayborn. Mm. But still, at that point, you say, I'm sorry, I haven't heard from her. I'll let you know if I do and hang up the phone. Like, And then make your own assessment. You you don't then tell her, tell, tell the person who Sam believes may be an alien. Yes, we're going to meet at four o'clock in this specific location. Please send people to come get her. Like, <sighs> Take the time. Yeah. Assess the situation. Yeah. Use your brain. Does he have one? No. Really not. Sold it on eBay or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if eBay existed yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, so everybody sits back down and Jack and Daniel try to like talk some sense in Sam by saying, you know, they went through the same thing she went through with the delusions and, and the hallucinations and they'd really like it if she came back to the SGC so Dr. Fraser can check her out. And yes, they are asking. And Sam does seem to be kind of like coming around, but then just sort of goes back in on Mayborn for not following protocol. And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to go back with you. And she's like, Jack and turns to Jack. He's like, you agreed to this. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, that should tip you off that something's wrong because Jack doesn't like you. So why would he agree to anything that involves you? Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, good point. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But he's like, don't worry. There's like backs, backups in place. If he doesn't report back within this, within the, like a specific period of time actions will be taken so okay fine she'll go back with them so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so here's a point here where i saw on a couple message boards people sort of questioning this where if they think sam has been exposed to this chemical and she's in dc and they want to take her back to colorado but like they need to like get her treatment like there are a lot of military hospitals a lot like around the corner like, you know, why wait to take her all the way back to Colorado for treatment? Why why would Mayborn agree to take her back to Colorado rather than, like, let's take her to you know, whatever is around the corner? Yeah, let's get her checked out here. Let's get her checked let's out here. Feeling okay. And mm. then we'll all go back to Colorado and check out what's there. You know, which I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of a good point. Yeah, that sounds like a better idea. Yeah. If she if is really she sick. Do, yeah, if all she needs to do is, like, detox for a little bit. Yeah. Why Why do that on a plane? I don't know if <laughs> detoxing on a plane is the best idea. Oh, come now. That's the best idea indeed. So, back in the infirmary at the SGC, Tilk still doesn't remember anything, or at least is saying he doesn't remember anything, and asks to be unrestrained, but they're concerned he might relapse, so, like, not yet. And the phone then rings, which Hammond answers, and he gets the news that Sam has been found. And so, great! The experiments can begin! Mm, what? They're not crazy? No. It really is aliens? Tilk wasn't crazy. <gasps> and big props here to yep. Tara Rothery for that just that ever so slight turn on Dr. Fraser of the then we can begin the experiments or like. Mm. Because yeah. it's like, it's Fraser, but just not quite. Yeah. Yeah. Really, just really good acting from like everybody. 
in yeah, this. playing slightly off themselves. Yes. Yeah. And when Michael has to be Amanda in a little bit. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's funny. Mm-hmm. So SG-1 and Mayborn are on a private jet headed back to the SGC. And Jack confirms to Mayborn that the chemical spill has been completely cleaned up, but they're keeping the level closed off until they can figure out what exactly happened. And so they can make sure it doesn't happen again. Something then happens and Jack, quote unquote, like flickers into one of the aliens, like actual appearances and Sam and Mayborn like both noticed this and so Sam grabs Mayborn's gun points it to Jack everybody's like what the fuck are you doing and Daniel's like what was that so like Daniel's still playing along and Daniel's like oh she's hallucinating again so she turns the gun onto him Jack uses that moment to like lunge at her but she turns back and shoots him and Jack like screeches this really weird noise, like it's it's it it is a yeah. very inhuman noise, whatever this mm-hmm. noise is, and falls back onto the couch and like purple metallic blood starts oozing out of his wounds as he shifts back into his alien shape. And Daniel's like, "What the hell is that?" You gotta give it to the alien for for you know trying his best till the end. Yeah, big up, big ups to whoever, yeah, that alien is. Mm-hmm. The cockpit door then cracks open and we see Major Davis creep out to see what's going on because gunfire in a plane's not a good thing. Mm-mm. So Sam orders Daniel to sit down and he does. Davis raises his gun at Sam who has her back to him. Luckily, Mayborn sees this and calls out to Sam. They both dive out of the way. Sam turns to shoot back at Davis. He makes that same like screeching noise that Jack had made and he falls down and also reverts back to the alien form. There's then like a little argument between Sam and Mayborn about who's going to go check out the pilot who Mayborn says is one of his people. And Sam is rightly a little skeptical of even Mayborn at this point, because if Mm -hmm. Major Davis, who doesn't even work at the SGC is an alien, huh? Who knows yeah, how where was he supposed to be the whole time? Was he supposed to be in DC the whole time? Well, he he's the SGC liaison in like the Pentagon, but so mm-hmm. he kind of goes back and forth between the Pentagon and the SGC. So yeah. he can be anywhere at any given moment, depending <gasps> on who needs him. Anywhere at any time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Mayborn pulls out a little like you know pen knife and like cuts into the palm of his hand, and we can see he bleeds red normal blood, so he's good. So he stays to keep an eye on Daniel and Sam goes to check out the pilot, Mm -hmm. which I want to know how that conversation went. (laughs) It's like, Hey buddy, can I cut you? Like what? (laughs) Or like, did you like go take a look out there? But we're just going to do a little like best friend blood pact, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what, what did she say? How did he respond? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, 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 I wish we could have gotten, I wish that was kind of one of those cut scenes on the DVDs or something of the cat, that conversation. Something you're doing like the improv exercise class. Like yes. Between the scenes. Yes. That was great. <laughs> so if somebody has an improv class, take that as your prompt to yeah. your next class and tell us how it goes. You're a pilot. Somebody's coming in to stealthily find out whether or not you're an evil alien and go. <laughs> Uh, hello we're evil aliens and we'll start tonight with this prompt now yes (laughs) 
All right, so we cut back to the SGC as Jack wakes up, strung up in the ceiling in some kind of harness, and he's got this, like, thing on his forehead. and But, like, the harness also, like, covers his face if he puts his, like, head down. It's really interesting. Whatever this whole harness contraption thing is, is kind of cool. It looks really cool. Like, gross, but also kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. It Did you kind of wonder to yourself, like, how did they get up there? Like, how the mounting them up there works why they needed to be mounted up there really yeah like why aren't they just like on beds or on the floor yeah why 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 i don't really wonder how because we do see how later but i more wondered why 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 was more my question than how yeah <laughs> why up there yeah i mean it looks cool but yeah. why yeah we do mm. see that now but like yeah when i first saw them i was like i don't know how they get up there and yes i did wonder like eh, why yeah. So uh, Jack's kind of looking around and he sees Hammond hanging next to him and like kind of taps him and calls out, but doesn't get any response because Hammond is still unconscious. So back on the plane, Sam is examining the uh, Jack alien and pulls like these two discs off of him. One sort of like on the temple area, maybe, um, and one sort of in the middle of his chest. And the Daniel guy is still playing along that he has no idea what's going on. And Sam walks over to Daniel and sort of like pulls down his shirt and he's got like that disc on his chest, but it's sort of actually glowing. Like there's this blue light on it. So she removes it and he transforms back into the alien. And so she starts asking the alien about like where Daniel is, if he's still alive and Mayborn Actually, like, before this, Mayborn had sort of Daniel in, like, a chokehold of, like, tell us what's going on, which was the little excessive, kind mm -hmm. of. But, um, so Sam then places the disc of the Daniel alien on, like, the palm of her hand, and she, like, transforms into Daniel. Mm -hmm. And the alien tries to attack Mayborn, but he shoots it and just yells at it, sit down! Which is like, okay, that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Mayborn. Well, I'll, I'll give him a little bit on that. Mm -hmm. Um. And Sam is, like, completely, like, fascinated by this device. And she's like, I can't hear his thoughts or anything, though. It's just some kind of mirage-type thing to make me look like Daniel. But she can't hear his thoughts. So that must be, like, what that other just that she pulled off, like, the temple area does. So, I mean, that, I thought that was an interesting leap, though, of why why would she think that they can hear their thoughts? <sighs> Instead of just, like, looking like them and pretending to be them. Like, what? I thought that was... I know. I was trying to think that, too. And I'm like, Jack and Daniel didn't really say much back when they were talking with Mayborn that was really sort of specific things that only Jack and Daniel would know, did they? I mean, I don't really think so. But also the other thing, too, is, like, she, at this point in time, has no idea who these aliens are and what has been done with the real people. Yeah. For all she knows, they could be dead. So, right. And that these aliens know how to look like them. So what in the world would she be able to think, like, aha, A, they're still alive, they're being kept somewhere, yeah. and B... There's some sort of connection to them still. Like that's it was one of those things where it was like Yeah. Mm, it is that missing in how she got from A to B. Yeah. I just and I just went back and like scanned the transcript and yeah, there's really I mean, Jack does say Tilk, which I don't think either of them had mentioned before that. 
but there's really nothing. I don't know. They just, they do sound an awful lot like Jack and Daniel, like their sort of cadence and their speech and like their sort of speech patterns in general. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they do sound like they could be Jack and Daniel. Like they're not, not human sounding, you know? So I guess she's thinking because that kind of stuff is just innate. Like if I tried to impersonate you, I would have to think about, okay, how does Rachel talk? What kinds of words does she use? What's like your cadence of speech and all that kind of thing. That's not just, I don't know. But but that really say to me, oh, obviously you're, currently tuned into their mind versus yeah. some sort of download or transfer yeah in, yeah in the alien tech world yeah. <laughs> or like true. i've yeah. kidnapped you and stolen your brain or like yeah there was no indication that yeah like, that meant that a they were alive and b they were at present connected yeah i mean yeah that's true yeah that that is that is quite a big leap yeah i will give you that yeah mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Woo! I win this round. Yay! Yes, okay. All right. Ten points to Hufflepuff. No. <laughs> so Sam starts then trying to sort of figure out, like, why the the Mirage image kind of, like, flickered out and Mayborn's, like, I don't know, cabin pressure. And she's like, no, this is, like, an electronic thing. Maybe some kind of, like, interference from the engine noise, which... I don't really know enough about electronics, but okay, sure. Nor engines, no. Nor engines, no. So back at the SGC, Major Davis wakes up now and is rightly as confused as Jack was. He's like, what the hell are we doing up here? What's going on? And the door to the room that they're in opens, so they go back to sort of faking being unconscious, which that happens a lot. Like somebody's unconscious, wakes up, doesn't know what's going on, something comes in, and then they fake being unconscious. Which is that, like, is that something that's, like, taught in the military as a way to sort of get information? Because if you're unconscious, yeah. people talk around you, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but in comes Dr. Frazier, uh, an alien, still as an alien, uh, an airman on a gurney, and another, like, medical doctor-nurse guy. They put the guy on the gurney through some sort of machine, and he comes out on the other side, hooked up to those rope-like things that everybody's hanging from, and with those two discs as well. So Dr. Fraser takes the discs, put them on the alien, who then transforms into the airman that was on the gurney. What? The, the unconscious guy gets strung up like everybody else, and then they go to leave, but not before Fraser kind of pauses for a sec to look around, like, what's going on? And Jack quickly is like, Whoa, I'm, nope, I'm unconscious, nothing to see here. So back in the infirmary, Dr. Fraser is now experimenting on Tilk's symbiote, and Tilk is just in like so much pain, so much pain. Yeah, he's like, he's just like, oh, that I do mm-hmm. feel bad for him. Uh, but things are not going well for her. She like just doesn't understand anything about what she's looking at. And Hammond comes in to tell her to put him back in the holding cell because Sam is on her way. <gasps> Yay! Jack and Major Davis are both trying to escape from their harnesses, and Jack finally finds the release and drops, like, six, eight feet to the ground. Like, that was not, like, a short fall. It was not. No. Be fine. Yeah. Um, so that was probably Dan Shea, Richard Dean Anderson's stunt double, who also plays yeah. Siler. 
And uh, they, and then, you know, Davis finally figures it out too. And they both also removed that little like forehead device that was on them. And Major Davis comments after seeing like the, the fake Dr. Frazier that there must also be like a fake Jack and a fake Davis walking around somewhere. And Jack pulls over a ladder to examine the Dr. Frazier that's hanging from the ceiling. And he goes to pull the forehead thing like off of her. And we get this, I don't know why, but I just really like this little exchange between Davis and Jack where, so Davis goes, Colonel, what are you doing? And Jack goes, I'm going to wake her up. And David go, Davis goes, do you think that's such a good idea, sir? And he goes, it's an idea. Yeah, it's, <laughs> just, it's, it's just, that just sums up <laughs> the show so well. I don't yeah. know. It's an idea. Yeah. Let's just see how it goes. Uh, might as well give it a try because we don't know anything else to do. So, yeah. Um, so he pulls like the forehead thingy off of her and we cut over to the Frasier in the infirmary who kind of like closes her eyes and cocks her head like something's weird. Something's off. off. And then some kind of alarm starts going off. So Jack puts the the forehead thing back back on and the noise stops. But Frasier still is going there to check it out because obviously something happened. So she heads in but sees, you know, the real Dr. Fraser still hanging there, hooked up to the ceiling and is fine when Jack steps out from behind the door and, like, knocks her out. And is like, that was weird. Because, Surprise! Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So outside in the forest around the SGC, Sam is back to the completely unsecured hatch to access the highly secretive government facility. Uh, <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but before going in, she puts the device back on and transforms back into Daniel. And I had a question here. So this kind of goes back to like when they were in DC too. So from what we saw when they brought that guy in and put him through the machine and then put the discs on the alien, the mimic device seems to mimic the clothing that the human is wearing when it gets like scanned into the machine. So when SG-1 was scanned, they were wearing like black t-shirts and like the olive green pants. But when they show up in DC... The other Jack and the other Daniel are wearing like regular civilian clothing. So how 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 did how did they change clothes? Because they're not actually wearing clothes. It's just like a, a, a barrage of clothes. Yeah, that's a good point. How did they change clothes? <laughs> well, that's a really good point. <laughs> right? Like yeah. Because they obviously didn't like put Jack in clothes and like rescan him because he's still in his like black t-shirt and BDU pants. And like, why would they do that anyway? Why would they do that anyway? Did they go to their locker and like they can't just put Jack and Daniel's clothes over them because they're bigger than Jack and Daniel are. But also at one point Daniel takes off his glasses. Yeah. How? How? That that should not be possible because the alien's not actually wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I did so, notice that too. It's like, hey. <laughs> that that how, should not be possible. How do Mirage props get? No. Okay, well, so that's an interesting t- thing, though. Like, if it's all Mirage clothing and articles and whatever, like, if you're wearing a watch or even because Daniel's wearing, like, an outer shirt, like, what how, would you, would they be able to take the shirt off? I, I mean, I would assume no, Mirage because they're not style? actually wearing the shirt. 
my god we're going out so many like rabbit holes this episode it's fantastic is there a dry cleaner in the sgc can you take off mirage pants <laughs> can you change mirage clothes how do you, how does a mirage take off their mirage glasses what yeah <laughs> oh, i'm sorry can you take off mirage pants i love it <laughs> yeah even like what if they had to like ruffle their hair or something like if they have to pee how does that work oh man like if they take off like their own armor does that look like removing the clothes <laughs> or do they take the thing off and then go pee and then put the thing back on oh man is it like an <laughs> extra layer suit we don't know <laughs> Well, so, like, if she were to poke fake Daniel, would she feel the alien or would she feel Daniel? I mean, I would think she would feel the alien because Daniel's not actually, she didn't become Daniel. She just looked, looked like, like Daniel. Daniel. So you should feel like that exoskeleton thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, how how they were using the space then when they were all at the cafe in D.C. if they were, like, touching things. Um, well, they sat in the chairs. Um, I don't know if anybody actually, like, touched the table. Well, Daniel put his glasses on the table, which shouldn't yeah. be possible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn big mirage glasses. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, I, that, that thought, thought suddenly just popped in my head. It's like, how are they wearing different clothes? <laughs> I love that this is becoming the themes of this episode. Is there a dry cleaner in the SGC? <laughs> Can you take off mirage pants? Love it. Uh, and there's the All show right. notes for you, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep. Okay, moving. let's keep going. Right, let's move on. Discussion okay. can go on forever. Okay. If you have any thoughts or opinions, please write in and let us know. So um, we'll get to e- email at the end of the episode. Um. So back on level 23, Jack and Dave, they're kind of like looking over Fraser, And so Jack finds her gun and pulls it off, like still in the holster. And Davis asks like, what about, what about the other thing? So Jack continues kind of patting her down and finds the transformation disc. So Jack takes it off and Fraser like shifts back into the alien and Jack and Davis both just like scooch away going like, whoa, because that was weird. And not what they were expecting. You no. Know, so the door opens again and Jack aims the gun still in his holster at Daniel. And Daniel is also aiming his gun at Jack. And he starts questioning Jack, like, are you, are you Jack? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, he's like, great. It's good to see you, sir. And he's like, what, hang on, hang on. What, who are you? Like, who are you? I know I'm me, but there's really weird shit happening. So who are you? Mm-hmm. So Sam takes off the disc and reveals herself to be Sam. And I don't know why Major Davis's response is like Major Carter, like, which there are, there are many fanon theories about this, which I love all of them. Um, But um, yeah, just his response is like almost like disgust or something. I don't know. It's really weird. Like of all people, it's you. (laughs) It's you. You're not Daniel. What? What? Because Major Davis is in love with Daniel. 
Oh, so he's really sad that it's not really Daniel. It turns out to be a woman. Yes. Oh. So, yeah, there, 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 there are many fix that kind of start there. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, I probably would have been excited of like, oh my god, yay, it's somebody I know, rather than what? Why is it you? Um. Anyway, so. They're, she's like, why are you guys awake? And they're like, I, we just woke up. She's like, oh, it's probably when I killed you. And they're like, what now? What? I love oh, that. Okay, great. Um, and then lets them know that like Mayborn is on the way. And Jack is like, you called Mayborn. She's like, I, I can't get into it right now. I didn't have anybody else to call. And they've got 29 minutes until everybody gets here. So they got to get going. They got to find Silk, figure out how to like get everybody free and like figure out what's going on. She mentions, like, what happened on the plane with the flickering and that she needs to get to her lab. So she goes back into her Daniel disguise to head off to the office. And Jack and Davis head off to the armory to get guns because they're going to need guns. So in Sam's lab, she pulls, like, a small box out of a drawer in her desk and hooks it up to, like, a little speaker before she starts playing, like, random noises to, I guess, try and find the correct tone that's needed to interfere with the signal from the transformation disc. And then, so I saw a couple bits of discussion. So it, she's like got the little black tone making thing hooked up to a speaker and then like a tape recorder. And I saw some discussion, like, is she recording the noise she's making or did she have that tape recorder on the plane to like record the engine noise as it was feed that through the thing and then adjust like what she had recorded up and down to find what had happened. Cause I couldn't quite tell. Cause we didn't see her do anything on the plane. So I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't see any good like resolution to the discussion of, is she playing something off the tape recorder? Or is she recording? Oh, I didn't catch which one she was doing. Yeah. Hmm. Don't know. No. I mean, if she has the tape recorder, make more sense that it was playing a recording of something okay rather than recording what she was doing right because it does kind of make sense like okay we know something happened with the noise on the plane let's well like what you were saying earlier before we started recording let's record the noise as it is and then futz with it from there yeah i think i think that makes sense it does make more sense especially since later she projects it everywhere like why would she need to Record it if she has the ability to. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Play it. Yeah, I think. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Jack and Major Davis are in the armory and Jack orders Major Davis to head back to level 23 to keep an eye on everybody. And Jack heads to the holding cell for Tilk and he manages to bluff his way past his guard to see the bald prisoner. And Tilk, you know, rightfully refuses to go with him. And Jack's like, oh, but you will. And then they kind of trade eyebrows. And <laughs> he goes, <laughs> yeah, he then uh, tries to dismiss the guards who are like, we can't do that. And Jack goes, oh, but you can. And then that's them. So <laughs> I'm just like, this, I just, it's, just, it's yeah. This is it's, a good Jack episode. It is. It is. And, okay, so Tilk's like, oh, so you're the actual Colonel And he goes, I guess I am. So he gets Jack, he gets Tilk freed, and they head off to do whatever they're going to do. And so back in the lab, Sam manages to find the frequency and goes to set it up with the PA system that is conveniently in her office. Mm-hmm. 
when Hammond comes in. And so uh, she turns on the speaker to reveal his true forms, I guess, just to double check that it's not actually General Hammond and it's not. And so she's also back as Sam and, you know, is no longer Daniel because the, you know, the sound is there. And so the alien just kind of like backhands her across the room and he's about to continue beating on her, trying to kill her or something, but is called to the control room. So he just leaves her. Right. Sure, why not? So they haven't been looking at her like the whole time. Right. So she recovers, manages to activate the PA in her office as she leaves, and the frequency is now sort of sounding throughout the SGC, and we do see out in the hall a few of the airmen walking along who then flicker back into the true alien form. And you'd think they would have noticed immediately. I know, I guess. They didn't have their things on, because they show them, like, looking at each other and then just keep on walking. I know, I guess the question is, like, do the aliens see the mimic thing or do they can they do they see through the mimic thing you or, think they'd see the mimic thing otherwise they wouldn't remember who was supposed to be playing who that's true or i guess maybe they were just lowly enough for soldiers are like well we can't do anything about this <laughs> <laughs> like oh they must be doing a test maybe yeah they don't know what's going on so up in the control room, there's a whole bunch of aliens there, and we see on the monitors Mayborn and his people have arrived and are invading the base. And one of the aliens says something in their native language, and the Stargate starts dialing. He then screams, I guess we can say, call, yeah. call, call, sends out a call of some sort, and aliens all over the base kind of like pause for a second and then turn and start running towards the gate room. So Jack and Tilk are sort of hunkered around a corner and are, like, shooting at the aliens, trying to take them out as they all just start running away. And Sam comes running up behind them, and they try to figure out what's going on. And Jack's like, I know, they just started running away. And Tilk suggests there might be an evacuation happening. And Sam is like, that cannot happen because they know everything about us. Everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So the gate finally connects and the aliens start evacuating. Jack, Sam, and Tilk finally make it into the control room. They unfortunately can't close the iris because the aliens managed to lock them out. But Sam can shut down the gate. So she starts work on doing that. And Mayborn and some of his folks rush in telling everybody to freeze. So they all put their hands up. The gate finally finishes uh, shutting down, trapping some aliens still here on Earth. One of them starts speaking angrily and does something to the device on his chest, which kind of starts beeping and kind of getting like one of those, like, it sounds like a countdown kind of beep is happening. Um, Jack then smacks the button on the, you know, the table in front of him to lower the blast doors. And just before it's completely closed, there is a bright flash of light. And apparently the aliens have all self-destructed. Also, of course, in the many discussions that we've had about this before, I did find it hilarious that, like, when their mirage thingies were on, they could, of course, speak English and be understood. But, like, as soon as the mirage thingies turned off, they were talking in their native alien tongue, assuming the Earth people would be able to understand them. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Someone should have just, like stuck their mirage thingy back on and been like curse you all and then like ripped it back off and like but i don't know well they couldn't because the the there was there that that frequency noise was going oh so they still had the devices on but it was being interrupted 
is what it was. No, yeah. But still, yeah, either either they because speaking English has to do with like your vocal cords in your mouth and stuff and from the noises they were making it doesn't sound like they have our vocal cord and mouth structure. Yeah, but the Mirage thing he made it so just fine. And but funny okay, so like let's just, you know, <laughs> pretend that works. Yes. I found it funny at the end where he was like speaking to them. I mean, at that point, he probably didn't even care. He, she, it, whatever. Didn't even mm-hmm. care whether or not they understood them because he understood what he was saying. But yeah, I found it funny that he like saying all this stuff. Yep. They would be able to understand him. No. Yeah. <laughs> but no. But yeah, it was it was probably that he just didn't even care. Yeah. Because he knew he was about to die. So a plague on both your houses. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So it is now time to debrief. And so P3X118 has been locked out of the dialing computer. Best as anyone can figure, the aliens came through already impersonating SG-6. They were then rushed to the infirmary for some reason. And that's the last that Dr. Fraser and Hammond can remember. Uh, Major Davis then showed up at the request of Hammond. And they're going with the assumption that the aliens were then going to try and take over the Pentagon after the SGC. Unfortunately, the aliens that got away still have all of the knowledge that they gained from their time in the SGC, but all the codes have been changed, and that's really the best that they can do at this point. Everyone woke up once the respective alien either left the SGC or exploded, so it seems everybody's okay. They will now also, one of the new additional security protocols is the blast of that noise when everybody comes back just to make sure they are who they are. And Mayborn comes in and uh, actually Jack, Jack actually like compliments him and is like, good job. And Hammond also gives Mayborn his thanks, but Mayborn passes that off to Sam because he and he's like, you should really credit, you know, Major Carter for this. And mm-hmm. he leaves saying they'll probably see each other soon. And Jack actually says, that'd be nice, Harry. No, look at that. The end. Yay. Oh, you'd think by now Hammond would just be really upset with the fact that, like, somehow aliens keep sneaking onto the base. I know. And wreaking all this havoc. Yeah. And they end up having to fix a crisis situation. Yeah. You'd think by now he would just be like, screw it. We're just... <laughs> Everybody that comes through the gate is staying in the gate room for like three days before we figure out who you are. I know. I did see on uh, the Gate World Forum post for this episode, somebody brought up having an off-world quarantine procedure like we've discussed before. Like we've not so many times. I know. I mean, it was from like 2006 or something, so it was a while ago. But still, like... The yeah. genius lived on, yes. Yes. There needs to be an intermediary planet post-mission before we turn to Earth. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Apparently, the tiny infirmary with, like, four beds. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I have, uh, before we get into, like, memos and stuff, I have one final question and one final, like, just general fun fact for the episode. Which 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 would you like first? Would you like the fun fact or the question? Oh, question. Okay. So they say at the end in the debriefing that the aliens came through from P3X118 already impersonating SG6. Where are the real SG6? 
are they still on P3X118? Did the aliens go back there and, like, kill them? Like, oh, yeah, because they have to be connected with them. Yeah. So, like, go through. So, is is SG6 dead now? Because I don't see why those aliens would let them go. Yeah, they must be. Oh, poor SG6. And what kind of team was that? Um, oh, let me see. Do you remember, I still have, you still have note. your notes? What did I do? Did I still have that? <gasps> Where did oh, I put that? Oh, went out for SG6. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a big, unfortunate um, situation. Well, poor SG6. Well, that's the other thing, too, then. If they, have, if they came to the base already impersonating an SG team... Then it's a way bigger problem of whoever they are knowing all about the SGC anyway. So containing the few that got off planet, it's a really pretty much a bigger issue. Yeah, but I think like the mimic device doesn't work anymore because everybody's awake, and it seems like they had to be unconscious for it to work. No, but I'm saying like if they if they came onto the base already impersonating an SG team, that means like you said they captured the SG team and are holding the SG team and have all oh. of the knowledge of that SG team, right? In whatever facility or population or whatever they come from. Yeah. The other interesting thing is um, back in the beginning, the fake Dr. Vision when talking about Sam refers to the Gould as the dominant dominant parasitical species in this galaxy. Yeah. I, so I are they from a too. different galaxy, and did they just happen to run into SG-6 on P3X-118 after coming from whatever galaxy they came from? They're also because, travelers. Yeah, because so far the only... All, all of the gay travel has been within the Milky Way, except for when Jack went to the Asgard homeworld. We have not yet... Mm-hmm. figured out um, how to travel outside of the Milky Way, except for to Othala. So. Well, maybe that's a good point too, because in that same conversation, they are debating on whether or not to make earth their new home world. Yeah. So did something happen? Did they like destroy their own? Did they conquer yeah. everything where they came from and are now looking to expand their territory? Yeah. Or are they like stranded somewhere? Did, yeah, and are, are upon SG six? Are they maybe actually okay? Here's a okay. So we're thinking these aliens are like horrible, like you know, cockroaches taking over everything. What if somebody attacked them and they're running trying to save themselves? And they just thought, hmm, this is how we yeah. figure out how to do it. Yeah. What about that? Hmm. Maybe they always intended to. Maybe they didn't intend to like take over and conquer but this is just how they explore without being like hey we're aliens maybe well it's entirely possible what if they're nice people what if they were planning on leaving and putting everything back how it was yeah and eventually they were just gonna be like hey so sorry about earlier can i come stay for a while (laughs) (laughs) when we strung you guys all up and took your thoughts um although i mean they do leave rather harshly i mean that and they do kind of get into like a big old firefight and then leave and then 
self-destruct themselves. That does that, not. Yeah, that's true. Really, say peaceful explorers to me. Not, yeah, that's true. But yeah. we 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 often do that too, where we go in and shoot first and ask questions later. That's true. Oh no, is this gonna be symbolism reflection of ourselves? Oh no. No. Anyway. Because I mean, yeah. if Earth had the technology to look like whatever species they were exploring, we'd probably do it. Yeah. Blend in, you know. To be more, be more stealthy. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, so many different rounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our discussions are so fantastic today. I know. It's good. Um. Okay. Would you like the final sort of like fun fact for the episode? Yes, I would. Okay. Uh. So two of the aliens in their full alien regalia are played by Stargate favorites Dion Johnstone and Alex Sahara. Oh really? Yep. And also yeah. the 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 name of this alien species is the Stragoth. I the don't what? know where that came from. It's not said anywhere in the episode, but like in every website that talks about this episode, it mentions that they're supposed to be called the Stragoth. Stragoth with a G. S T R A G O T H. Stragoth. 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 Hmm. All right. Yeah. Fun. Mhm. All right. Uh, mem- memos for this week. <laughs> oh man memos new memos are really getting hard to come up with because it's the same problems at the same time (laughs) quarantine protocols and world entry protocols (laughs) also I mean what we talked about before with the um Making the check-in like an hour after you go on planet uh, yeah. probably yeah. could have helped SG6 like a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think our discussion questions are way more noteworthy than memos this time. Okay, that's fine. That's alright. I lost. So the title for this week: foothold. Um, one of the definitions for foothold is a position usable as a base for further advance. Mm, okay. So that is obviously what's happening here. They're using the SGC as a foothold to advance their sort of military purposes, I suppose. Mm, all right. Um, foreign territory titles. Um, we only got two interesting ones. In Czech, it translates as emergency situation. Okay. And in German, we have Aliens on the Rise. Ooh. That, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so final thoughts. How would you rate this episode? I, I liked it. It was good. There are many. I mean, I've enjoyed the random things that we came up with to, <laughs> to discuss. But they were mostly, like, huge plot holes. So I'm not really sure. <laughs> It was fun, but also a little brain breaking. <laughs> yes, yeah. but I did enjoy watching it. I thought this was a good one. I liked it. Good. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And you know, I always enjoy seeing Major Davis. So yes, yes. Okay. And Michael Shanks had just like one too many buttons undone when he was in his little casual, which is you know totally fine. Uh, <laughs> and that's okay. And we'll that's forgive him for that one. Totally you know? fine. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Well, what do you guys think? Uh, let us know. And thank you for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter at SG underscore rewatch or send us an email at woo SG rewatch. That's W O O S G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for pretense. Pretense.
Bye. Bye.